This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is Zippy Duvall, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Georgia farmer Zippy Duvall next. Today's Open Mic segment is brought to you by America's Crop Insurance Industry, which is thankful for the continued support of farmers, commodity organizations, rural businesses, lenders, and lawmakers who are fighting to maintain a strong farm safety net. Providing individualized protection on more than 445 million acres of farmland, crop insurance remains the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. 2022 has proven to hold its share of challenges for farmers and ranchers across the country. American Farm Bureau Federation President Zippy Duvall says weather extremes have laid a heavy burden on producers this year, and they remain concerned about what next year will bring to the bottom line. Well, you know, there's a lot of indicators of how they feel. If you're talking about weather, it's all over the board from one side of the country to the other, whether it's too wet or too dry, and that's going to determine how good the crop is. So, you know, uh, the the barometer on that just depends on where you're at. Uh, In general, our farmers are in in a good state of mind, but they're very, very concerned about what the future holds for them in regulatory uh, issues and uh, availability of inputs that they might need next year and the cost of those inputs and what's inflation going to do to them and how is the price of their commodities going to stay at a level that they can afford what it costs to produce it. Weather extremes are again real this year. Hurricane recently, ongoing drought for months and months in the west. What's being reported out of the southeast? Well, we uh, we know that there's tremendous damage in Florida. Uh, not only did it damage crops, but it uh, in prevention of being able to plant some of those crops that they were in the process of planting. And really and truly, they're still trying to see how bad it really is. The reports we've got are just inconclusive, and we're waiting to see. Uh, of course, the reports we've got through the Farm Bureau channels in South Carolina, they fared pretty well. Uh, some flooding, some damage, the cotton had opened up, so there'd be a certain percentage of cotton that fell on the ground that they won't be able to harvest. And then very little as it goes up into uh, North North Carolina in the other states. Uh, just a lot of water uh, and some flooding in that area. President Duvall, uh, on the recent edition of AgriPulse Newsmakers, Representative Dave Rouser says he expects that there will be disaster funding in the omnibus spending bill that Congress would consider when they come back in the lame duck. He didn't mention, though, how much uh, might be included. These extremes are more than just a single-season crop loss. What could you hope for now from Washington if that is, in fact, a part of the omnibus? Well, I think we just got to look at see and get a good estimate of the damage that's made there. Uh, and and we've always, uh, our country's always taken too long to do it, but they most of the time come around and help our farmers uh, through uh, some appropriations to help uh, after disasters like that. But uh, our issue with that is that it normally takes too long to do it, 
and the crisis that that farmer himself is in, uh, once he gets the help he needed, a lot of times the crisis may not have passed. It may have matured, and he may be out of business or or having uh, uh, other extreme factors that might uh, affect his farms uh, and decisions he had to make before he even got the help. So we, we would hope that they would do it in a timely fashion and at a level that would help these farmers get to the next crop. What are you being told about the 23 season ahead and crop inputs? Because that was a real challenge for 22. Well, we, we're still real concerned about what it's going to cost, and we're real concerned about the availability of it. And all that goes from you know lack of labor to overregulation to the difficulties around transportation. You know, there are multiple issues in the supply chain that could cause some tremendous difficulty in that area. Given the higher stakes that we have, especially in crop farming now, can Congress afford to kick the can on writing the farm bill in 23? Now, we really think that, you know, we want to push hard to get it done in 23. And and I hope that everyone involved in it is is going to push hard to get that done. You know, the big challenge is we're going to have, we've got a midterm election coming. The projections is, is that we're going to have a tremendous amount of new congressmen, uh, there, uh, that's never, uh, based a farm bill. And, uh, truth be told, there's a lot of congressmen and senators that are there presently that hasn't been there during a, a writing of a farm bill. So, uh, in, uh being able to get the time to get to know these people, inform them as to what the Farm Bill does for them and his uh, their constituents back in their states is going to be a crucial uh, piece of what we do, and it's going to be very challenging to get to all of them because, you know, as we all know, when you go to a new job, especially one like being a congressman, uh, your world is spinning and trying to take on the knowledge and information on a, a wide array of issues uh, and just in agriculture, it's difficult. But when you spread it into everything that affects that a uh, that a, a congressman has to deal with each and every day, that is a huge challenge to put on those individuals. And we're looking forward to getting to know them, uh, letting them understand uh, our organization, how we can be a asset to them, and uh, letting them understand what agriculture means to them and their constituents, and what the farm bill can do and how it would affect their constituents. President Duvall, what work have you already done on your farm policy statement, and what happens between here and January when your delegate body comes together? Well, of course, we're in the policy development season of Farm Bureau. It starts somewhere around the end of July and into August, so they're knee-deep into it right now with their counties sending in resolutions, uh, those resolutions being considered by their state committees or however their organization is structured because every state is a little bit different. Uh, and then, of course, they'll be con- uh, taking those considerations uh, uh, that come through that, that grassroots channel uh, to their state conventions. Then 1st of December, uh, we'll have all our presidents back in sitting on a policy development committee to go through all the uh, resolutions that's been sent in from our states. Uh, and then narrow it down to what ends up going to our convention in Puerto Rico in January. So we, this is a, a very uh, a busy time for Farm Bureau, and it's a very important time 
for the process of developing our policy for next year. Uh, so we're, we're, we're knee deep into providing information, answering questions so that our grassroots can make wise decisions. Well, as a tangent question, but one that's important as well, the hurricane also did some damage in Puerto Rico. Are you, you still headed there for your convention? We are. Every indication we get from the officials in Puerto Rico says that, that they're still on a go and everything's working. Electricity, water, and roads are in good shape where we'll be and even uh, to the point that they think they still can pull off a couple of farm tours. Of course, agriculture in, in uh, Puerto Rico was devastated, uh, uh, but we are, we actually have a team on the ground from American Farm Bureau right now uh, looking at and verifying what we're being told through, and uh, uh, early reports is that everything seems to still be on target. Uh, barring any other storms coming through there, and we pray that not just for our convention, but for those poor people, uh, that they not have to face another storm. Well, it may be too early to get in the weeds on farm policy, if you will, but I'll mention this. Ranking member Thompson has openly discussed investigating shifting crop programs over to margin coverage, similar to what you have in dairy. Has Farm Bureau explored that, or, or what would be your initial thoughts? I would say that's being explored by our grassroots and and I, I would never get out in front of them. They are the power and strength of this organization, and they set the path that we t- direction we take. Is this a time that we can afford to tinker with programs or stick with tried and true? Because it looks like the stakes are pretty high in your business. Well, things have changed, and from one farm bill to the other, there there needs to be some tweaks, and and our our, our grassroots will be identifying what tweaks that we will be recommending of course our position all along is to you know do no harm uh as we move forward until our policy comes in but just do no harm to the cornerstone of farm bill which is crop insurance uh, our title one programs and of course with uh the change in commodity prices and the cost of doing uh of, of growing a crop maybe some things need to be tweaked within those uh the, those commodity titles uh, and then uh, don't don't do anything wrong with uh conservation because conservation titles where uh we're going to continue to do the uh climate smart practices that we do conservation and working lands uh projects are the the right way to do climate smart practices the Equity Commission seems to be making a recommendation of eliminating the county committees for the Farm Service Agency. Uh, is that something that your board uh, or your delegates will discuss? I'm sure they will. Uh, we value that structure. Of course, you know, as times change and things come to light, I'm sure there could be some tweaking to the situation. But the farm, uh, FSA committees in our counties have their finger on the pulse of agriculture in those communities and they're the ones that really know need know what needs to be done uh, agriculturally culturally in their communities and to do away with that program would be disastrous and i'm sure our uh, grassroots are focused on that as a matter of fact i've heard from a lot of them we can't let anything happen to the the, the ability for our counties uh, to be able to help and uh, agriculture in their communities. Last week, the Supreme Court heard arguments in the Sackett case uh, regarding wetlands and the land that should fall under EPA jurisdiction 
uh, of the, the Clean Water Act. How important is this case, and is there a concern that EPA is moving ahead with new definitions and new regulations before the Supreme Court rules in this case? Well, we, you know, they heard the case last week, or no, October 3rd, and, and regardless of which side the court comes down on, it's going to have an a influence on the Clean Water Act. So we would encourage uh, that the EPA pull back and just hold hold tight and let's wait and get second ruling out, and, and then they will be able to move uh, forward uh, at that time. We are uh, very proud that, uh, and glad that the uh, Supreme Court has heard that, and we're very disappointed that EPA continues to want to uh, uh, repeal the, uh, the 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 waters of the U.S. rule um, because our farmers have to do short and long term planning, and it's hard to make a long term decision on your farm uh, when you know the rules are going to be changed on you uh, every so many years, uh, swinging back and forth between uh, who's leading the party, which party's in. Power. So we need to find a way uh, to provide farmers with clear rules so that we can pro- provide clean water and, and hopefully uh, after the second case uh, decision comes down, we can get to that point. Well, now the California Animal Housing Ballot Initiative, Proposition 12, is also coming before the SCOTUS. What are the points that you hope come out in front of the judges in this, and and what brought Farm Bureau to be involved with the National Pork Producers Council in this case? Well, my schedule has me being in the court that day, and I look forward to hearing their arguments from both sides. But you know, I think that you know we we support uh, uh, taking care of our animals and 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 uh, and doing the right thing by our animals, just like what the California voter uh, thought they were doing too when they voted for that. Uh, but you know, we think that, uh, uh the, uh, the story that they were told, uh, did not give them, uh, enough information to make a wise decision. And we think that it's, uh, harmful to our, uh, farmers because, uh, a lot of our producers are already moving in that direction. And of course, each farm's a little bit different. But to rush them into that direction and use an arbitrary figure from one state, uh, could do more harm to uh, the industry than than helping it because we think it's going to make it very difficult for some of our small and medium-sized farmers to to move uh, quickly in that direction. And that arbitrary figure uh, uh, does not uh, uh, put forth uh, sound science. And we want to make sure that our farmers and ranchers can do it in a way that not only helps the farmers out there, but also that we can be sustainable on the farm. And I think the voters of California, if they knew uh, exactly everything that we're doing to keep our animals healthy, uh, they would have a whole different opinion uh, and know that we're already moving in the direction they want. But one state should not be able to dictate the way farmers and ranchers produce our food uh, in the rest of the country. It appears the question is whether the Commerce Clause has the authority to limit such an initiative where one state 
would ultimately set the standard for how animals are raised nationwide. If it's allowed to stand, what could that mean for future policy, whether it be for livestock or crops? Well, that's one of our concerns. It, it, it could be widespread and even outside of agriculture, how things are, how things are dictated to uh, other manufacturers or farmers or whatever who are producing something that might be purchased in a state that makes that ruling. So, I mean, this, this is just not agriculture. It could be very widespread. So recently there was a report suggesting that agriculture's productivity is not keeping up with the need for food, suggesting that by 2050 agriculture wouldn't have the ability uh, to meet the needs of the populace of the planet. Does this fact bring to light further questions where technologies that farmers use, namely atrazine, Roundup, uh, genetically engineered crops or, or those that come from, uh, from genetic engineering. It seems ironical to me that agriculture is trying to keep up with the need for food, yet at the same time, in the U.S., our government is looking at perhaps taking away some of the tools that farmers use, not only to be productive, but also to be sustainable. You're, you're exactly right. They're counterproductive. Uh, farmers have, and, and we carry the weight on our back to feed the, our country and our world and provide uh, national security for our country, knowing that we can feed ourselves and not have to depend on another country, to continuing our great work that we've done in the climate area, to uh, continue to be able to preserve the soil and water that we work and the natural resources, and, and to uh, 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 make sure that uh, uh, agriculture stays in uh, American farmers' hands and that, that farm families can continue to be the bulk of the farmers across this country. Uh, and those, those, those weights are very heavy on our farmers' back. And what does make it, makes it tremendously harmful, hurt, hurtful to our farmers is that we, out of all those challenges, then we're challenged with the, the uh, direction that uh, the government tends to go down in regulating us, uh, and uh, there's just so many factors in that area. We need to be focusing on what keeps us out of, uh, helps us uh, with our inflation, uh, putting people back to work, uh, uh, building our roads and bridges, and re-strengthening our infrastructure, including our waterways, and and and, and making our uh, uh, country. Uh, productive and leading ahead instead of holding us back. There's a lot of things that we're facing that as, in the, as they increase regulations, it is going to make it more and more difficult for us to feed a hungry country and a hungry world. President of all, Congress has adjourned, and still two key trade positions have not been filled in the Biden administration. Now, on the other hand, data shows that U.S. is playing a smaller role and the global ag trade with a, a growth in our domestic markets. With that shift taking place, can the U.S. afford to take its eye off of the export market? No, we can't do that. We we have got to move forward and be a, a participant uh, and a customer of the world. Uh, you know, I, I would uh, repeat what I've heard uh, secretaries in the past say, is that what sets us apart from the rest of the world is our infrastructure. 
And if we can rebuild our infrastructure, keep it strong, we're the country in the world that they know that people can depend on for us to deliver it on time and deliver quality products to that country. And and we cannot afford to back away. Uh, we need to make sure that we're part of all the trade negotiations that's going on, and we need to tear down barriers and give our farmers a level playing field because I don't care what country it is. You give our farmers a level playing field, and we can out-compete them all day long. President of all, the White House Conference on Food and Nutrition uh, and uh, Health is history now. What did you gather from the event, and does agriculture still have a place at the table in this initiative moving forward? Well, I don't think you can have this initiative without agriculture at the table. You can't talk about taking care of the hunger in our country and our world or nutrition without including agriculture in that discussion. So uh, we have to be part of that. Uh, we, we would not make the argument that, you know, a lot of uh, our diets across the world aren't correct. But we also uh, look forward to working together to make sure that we uh, lead in a direction to let people know what healthy diets are and, and, and let our farmers step up and produce those healthy products that we're already producing and do it in, in a way that, uh, 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 that the people will have a choice as to what they want to buy and consume for them and their families. It appears to me this would be the place to discuss technology and the need for technology in agriculture to allow farmers to grow uh, productivity and to enhance their sustainability efforts. That's exactly what uh, research and development dollars should be helping us uh, move toward, uh, and that's exactly what our farmers want to do. We want to we will want to produce more with less, and we want to produce the healthy quality that our people of our country and world deserve. Renewable fuels, next generation biofuels, aviation fuel will provide tremendous opportunity for crop farmers in the country. With regard to the Environmental Protection Agency and the Renewable Fuel Standard, how do you feel about this direction and this opportunity for agriculture? Well, it's exciting to me that we can move in that direction. Well, right now, one out of three uh, rows of corn goes to uh, renewable fuels. Uh, and to having new markets in that area is tremendously exciting to our farmers and ranchers. Well, President Duvall, I know it's a busy season for you and the members of the American Farm Bureau Federation. Agriculture never rests. Uh, we want to thank you for taking time to be with us uh, on this edition of Open Mic. It is Open Mic, and today the Georgia farmer has the last word. Well, uh, thank you, Jeff. And just you know, uh, it's so important for us to understand how important agriculture is to the American people and our country. We know more uh, better today after seeing a war in Ukraine and how that uh, area of the world has been devastated. Uh, after going through a pandemic and all of us seeing some naked shelves or even the bottom of a freezer uh, in our grocery stores, we know better more today how important it is for us to be uh, self, uh, food secure. And the way to do that is to make sure that we take our uh, and consider every policy in the future, knowing that our national security is depending on how we move in the direction of all these issues that we just talked about, because every one of them will uh, have a uh, uh, an effect on how productive we can be, 
and 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 how secure our country can be. So uh, let's work together across the aisles. Let's do what's right for our country and keep it safe and secure. And let's make sure that every uh, family out there has a, a full pantry to be able to feed their families on. Not just today, but for all the all the days in the future. Our thanks to Zippy Duvall, president of the American Farm Bureau Federation, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by NCIS, the National Crop Insurance Services. Crop insurance, the smartest, most efficient way to secure America's food, fiber, and fuel supply. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Dowling. 